Welcome to the Learning Exchange, where L&D and HR professionals can dig deep into the ever-changing landscape of online learning and talent development. Each episode, we'll explore innovations in learning and discuss best practices with special guests from inside and outside the learning world. L&D is evolving, and the Learning Exchange is here to help you keep pace. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Thanksgiving episode of the Learning Exchange. Today, I'd like to give thanks for a few things. Uh, I'd like to start this uh, Thanksgiving episode by expressing my thanks for the light that has been shown on learning and development in 2020. Now, I know that this has not been an ideal year. Uh, in many cases, the, uh, the, the year has seen the world turned upside down and inside out. Our businesses have been impacted. Our personal lives have been impacted. And, you know, it's hard to sometimes, I think, see the silver lining or to, to see the good things that have come out of all of the chaos. But at the top of that list for me is really just the elevated awareness and the elevated commitment to learning and development. Uh, over the course of the last eight months, we have seen learning and development consistently move from optional to necessity. And uh, you may be going, wait a minute, training is optional. Uh, what I mean by that is in a lot of businesses, when, when we see times get tough, when we see uh, businesses getting under stress uh, and being forced to have to cut back in some way, training is usually at the front end of that. Uh, learning and development is often one of the first places to get cut when we think about needing to save money. And it's because I think historically, it's been very difficult for people to really grasp the uh, the hard return on investment that comes from our learning and development activities. And over the course of 2020, as businesses have been reshaped, as we've had to rethink virtually everything, uh, it has caused... Uh, executive teams around the globe to really take heed and and fully commit to the fact that we can't do this. We can't rebuild. We can't emerge stronger on the other side of this if we don't really invest and commit to learning and development. Uh, this has been evidenced by the number of businesses that have been very vocal about a more comprehensive approach uh, we've also seen as part of this uh, this changing world dynamic, um, HR has come back into the picture when we think about learning and development. Uh, in some businesses, this was already a thing. In other businesses, maybe uh, HR and training used to be really close and then they would separate it over time. Uh, we're seeing that start to come back together. And what this starts to enable is an easier path to a more comprehensive approach in bringing our learning strategy to life. Also, when I think about uh, kind of giving thanks to how L&D has been elevated, uh, we're being put in a position now to drive new innovation. And I know that the community at large has been excited about innovation for years, but maybe the business wasn't fully supportive or maybe the business dynamic or business culture didn't support our executing on those desires. We could think up really great things and how much fun would it be if we changed our learning development strategy and we built these kinds of interactions and those kinds of interactions. 
And uh, then the business comes in with, with a large demand and we, we just don't have time. As a result of all of the change and disruption in 2020, we're being forced. And this is a good thing. It is forcing us to really innovate across the board in our learning and development activities. Uh, we're being forced to consider how we reshape our existing training, um, the way that we delivered training, the way that we developed our talent in January of 2020 is no longer completely effective in November of 2020. And so we have to be thinking about how do we take the content we have? How do we take the content our organization needs and think about new modalities? How do we think about new strategies that might invoke building communities through our training or uh, integrating competencies into our training. It has brought about a demand for new technology. A lot of organizations found themselves in a situation over the course of this year where the technology they've been depending on for a number of years may not be effective anymore uh, when your entire workforce is uh, forced into a distributed model and you used to be maybe more collectively aligned at a physical location, perhaps your technology wasn't really designed to make that work masterfully. Uh, and as I mentioned, it, we also have to really think about how we approach the learning and development needs of our organization, uh, not just from a company level, but actually taking, uh, taking time to dig into the individual needs. Uh, what types of learners do you have? If you if you listened to a prior podcast of mine where I talked a little bit about the learning styles, uh, we, we're really being forced to go back to basics and dig in and understand learning styles, understand how people in our organizations learn, uh, and then take into consideration factors that may be a, a detractor in their environment so that we can help overcome those obstacles. Now, when we think about these comprehensive approaches and we think about the innovation that we're, we're tackling, that also brings more complexities. And for this, I'm also extremely thankful because it forces us to revisit what we've done and make it fresh and new and exciting and engaging and most of all, relevant for all of our audiences. These are all really, really great challenges to have. They can be daunting. They can be quite terrifying at times. Uh, just being honest, because it, it, it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of the right kind of work. And, you know, I'm thankful that we were finally forced into a place where we had to stop and take stock and really, really go back to basics. In addition to these things, I am also thankful for the incredible displays of resiliency that I have witnessed personally within humankind within organizations, and within learning and development teams specifically. I know that we're all doing a ton of work to help our people to keep moving forward as best they can. And in many cases, uh, the learning development teams around the globe have been tasked with doing far more than just building training. Uh, we have been tapped on to leverage our communication expertise, our facilitation expertise, uh, as well as a whole host of other things to really help our businesses figure out how to, to reshape, regroup, and move forward. Learning and development has continually shown that it has an amazing commitment to persevere 
in uncertain times with ever-changing requirements and conditions, while also still striking a balance with the 400 priorities we're juggling uh, and, and doing so while also uh, kind of trying to cope with the fact that we've been thrust into the spotlight. Uh, we have been put on center stage, learning and development, the hero to help us navigate these waters. In many cases, our L&D resources are being deployed to help reshape operations, processes, and practices. Uh, we're being tasked to uh, tackle things like mental well-being, mental wellness. Uh, we're, we're trying to impart additional knowledge within our teams that maybe we didn't have to focus on before. Uh, a lot of our focus might have been on the job itself. And right now, the job itself uh, is, is, in many cases, the least of our worries. And, and if we have a workforce that can do the job, but they struggle with concepts like empathy and communication, and um, they, they struggle with stress management, it can prevent them from moving forward and actually doing the job we know that we're capable of. It has, you know, all of this change has also given us a renewed sense of purpose and focus. And what I think that that we're being called upon to do is really continue not only to develop learning activities and learning interventions, but find ways to bake into that experiences which allow us to model and educate at the same time our teams on concepts like the ones I just mentioned, empathy, self-care. Um, we also have to spend a little bit more time coaching our leaders and managers on the importance of checking in on mental well-being of their employees, uh, having conversations to make sure people are okay, that they feel supported, that they that they know they have a, a team that's ready to support them and help them navigate the stressful situations is is critical, especially if your organization has been disrupted and forced into a remote environment that was not part of your strategy before. Uh, working at home, for those of us that have been doing it for a long time, uh, we've figured out that we all also had the bumps and bruises along the way of learning how to navigate. Um, but after doing it for a period of time, you sort of learn what works for you. You learn how to remain productive. And in, in, the reality of uh, people who are being forced into that world with no preparation and having to sustain it for as long as we have and it not being consistent, I, it, it's just a recipe for, for disaster. Um, you know, I'm, I'm continually seeing what's happening. While I don't personally have school-age children, I am extremely empathetic to the challenges uh, that parents around the world are being faced with. Uh, coming right out of summer, going into the beginning of the school year, everybody was trying to figure out how to, how to balance whether or not my kids are going to physical school, they're going to virtual school, or they happen to be at a, a district where there's a hybrid model. And, you know, this is a personal stress, but it, it bleeds into work because when I'm having to deal with those environmental challenges, and logistical challenges, um, it, it impedes my ability to keep my focus on what I need to do. And so there's a whole big opportunity for us to really help reinforce within our organizations the skills and the competencies that help 
that help everybody navigate. We will emerge stronger than ever and more innovative than ever before. I think it's important that you're open and you're helping the rest of your organization be open to listening. Your employees are more than willing to tell you what they need if you're willing to stop and listen. So make this a priority. And again, I think uh, kind of bringing it back to uh, thanks, I think a big thank you is, uh, you know, to be expressed because that has started to happen and businesses have answered the call incredibly well. Now, it also brings about an opportunity for us to think about how we go about constructing our, our learning. And, and again, some of these things are, are things that we maybe never even had to think about, but we need to look for ways to bake into our learning interventions more experiences that help amplify empathy. Uh, we need to be working into our conversations and into our learning activities elements that help people understand how to strike a balance with self-care. Um, it, we have to look for every single opportunity to reinforce these critical things. And, and I, I saw a quote the other day that really struck me uh, and I felt like I, it might be worth sharing uh, on this podcast as well. Since I'm talking about empathy, it's really critical to note that empathy is a finite resource. Um, it, you know, making sure that we take time to understand what empathy is and very, very, Overly simplified, it is listening with someone's ears, it's seeing with someone's eyes, um, it's feeling with someone's heart, and being able to, to put yourself in their shoes. Doing this is a skill that requires honing and refining and uh, practice, but it is something that can run out. It is a very normal response that at some point you're going to run out. You can't keep giving and giving and giving in these ways without stopping to replenish for yourself. And perhaps our employees might lose sight of that as well. Um, our employees might get so wrapped up in just trying to create the best experiences for customers, for other coworkers, trying to create the best experiences for our family members and our friends. And in doing so, uh, we find ourselves getting extraordinarily exhausted and if we don't stop and try to find ways to replenish, this, this ultimately can really cause problems. So um, kind of wrapping up my Thanksgiving celebration for learning and development, one of the, the other things that I'm incredibly thankful for is seeing the way that learning and development and HR are responding to the changing climate. We have, um, whether I look at research from analysts, whether I look at what's happening within our own customer base, whether I look at just what's happening in general around the world, we're seeing HR start to take a more prominent role in learning and development. And I am eternally grateful that we're starting to see this, even if it doesn't go full tilt, even if we just get to you know, maybe a 10% or a 20% increase in the involvement or engagement between HR and learning. What this means is there is an even greater opportunity to build relationships and bridges that will enable collaboration on things like skills and performance, development and goals and learning. 
And it's when we see that collaboration, when we see continuity, uh, we see this more comprehensive approach. It allows us to really have maximum impact on the employee experience, maximum impact on the employee's development path, and ultimately maximum impact on the successes of our businesses. I uh, would like to wish each and every one of you listening a, a very happy, safe, and healthy Thanksgiving. And uh, we'll be back in a week with another episode. Until next time, stay safe, be kind, and never stop learning. Mm-hmm.